Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. See what our first guest thinks about the start of the MLB season. He covers it for the Associated Press. Jake Seiner, good enough to give us a couple of minutes here on CBS Sports Radio. How are you tonight, Jake? I'm good. I'm good, Joe. How about yourself? Good. Appreciate you coming on board. Uh, I, I haven't brought this up uh, since it happened the other day. That Tonight's my first chance to get back here on CBS Sports Radio. What were your thoughts on Dave Roberts getting crushed? Just my own personal opinion of the media outcry for taking Clayton Kershaw out with a perfect game. First week of the season, into the seventh inning, surely isn't built up to go nine. At some point, you make the decision either he's going to go for it or he's not. I had zero problems with Dave Roberts' decision. How about you? Uh, if you ask me if I had any problems with the decision, I don't think I had a problem with it. I don't think I have a problem with fans who are upset that uh, maybe this is the state of the current game as well. I think, I mean, even Kershaw, who says he's fine with the move, acknowledged that, like, if you're a baseball fan, that's, that's a bummer. He gets that close to throwing a perfect game. Looks like he has the stuff to do it, but you know, situation where maybe the lockout's a little bit at fault for this, and the Kershaw's health history is at fault for this. Uh, eight pitches through seven innings, you know, at best case, he's getting through those in 15, pushing to 95, and he's not built up for that. Um, and the, the goal for that team is to win and compete for a World Series, so I understand it, but I, I certainly get the frustration from, from fans and media and anybody who, you know, uh, that's as fun a thing as, as the sport can have as, as an ace pitcher going for a perfect game, which we haven't had in close to a decade now. So uh, sort of certainly understand it from Robert's standpoint, but, but understand the frustration too. Uh, I, I understand the frustration. You uh, stated it well with the game, but I felt the venom was directed at the guy who had to make the decision to tell him, yeah, that's enough. That's it for the night. I don't put any of it on Dave Roberts, and a lot of people did. They, they had the, the anger was merited, but it was misguided, in my opinion. It's not Dave Roberts. It's what baseball has become. No, I think, that's, I think that's exactly right. And, you know, nobody knows all the info Dave Roberts is working with. We asked, you know, some other managers around the game that night, Aaron Boone, later that day, just like, you know, how much info goes into a decision like that. He knows so much more behind the scenes about how Kershaw's feeling. Even Kershaw acknowledged they had a conversation where he said, like, I don't know that I have enough to get through this. Like, it's the right decision. And that's, you know, Dave Roberts certainly has played a hand in how modern pitchers are, are used. The Dodgers have been very influential in, in going to the bullpens earlier and being aggressive with the relief pitchers and getting guys to throw it next effort all the time. They don't pitch the same way they did in the 1960s where, 
they'd pull back to 80, 85% to pitch to that guy at the bottom of the order who had no chance to get the ball out of the park is every guy in every major league lineup right now could hit 20 home runs and can turn on any pitch at any time. So they have to go hundred percent every pitch all the time. And, and that's just, that's where the game is right now. And that makes it hard to push guys early in the season when it's a long season. And even once we get into the full, you know, part of the season, if it's going to take 120 pitches, you're just not going to see guys getting those same chances for these historical, historical milestones that are so fun. Is that part of an issue that baseball will have going forward? It is what it is. You and I can agree to that. It's a, it's yeah. an even different season because of the lockout, the shortened spring training, trying to squeeze 162 into one less th- week's time than they were planning on doing so. Um, but things like this do crop up from time to time, and people look at it and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I get to watch three more relievers tonight because they don't <laughs> want to stretch the starting pitcher. Is baseball suffering from a bit of a change in identity crisis? I, I think a lot of people around baseball would say that's absolutely the case. And I think there's, there's, they're trying to put in some measures in place this year. Some of them they actually wanted to put in place in 2020, and those plans were interrupted by the pandemic. But this year we're seeing rules around injured lists for pitchers being expanded. Uh, now if you send a guy to the minor leagues, he's going to have to stay there for 15 days instead of 10 days. They're also limiting how many times you can send these rookie players to the minor leagues each year with hopes of kind of slowing down this. We've seen this with the Dodgers, with the Rays, with several other of these more advanced teams where they're just constantly turning pitchers through the bullpen, and that sets them up where they can then be using those, you know, three, four, five, six relievers a night, and those guys aren't necessarily getting tired. They'll just go down to the rest in AAA for 10 days, and then they'll come back. Those rules have been put on hold for the first month of the season because, again, we're coming off of the third straight year where the workloads for these guys are weird. The ramp up for these guys are weird. Um, I think there's some hope that that'll have a little bit of an impact. Is that going to turn the tide on something like what we saw with Kershaw? I don't think so. Uh, there is an identity crisis there for baseball. I don't think anybody has a great solution on how to get us back to that. And, you know, that might just be the way this game is played going forward. Jake Siner of the Associated Press, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming to you from. The Rocket Mortgage Studios, whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance your current home, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there for home loan solutions that fit your life. Rocket can. All right, I asked about the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw. Uh, Another Dodger was honored today. Not a Los Angeles Dodger, a Brooklyn Dodger. And that is Jackie Robinson's 75th anniversary celebrated today, which, oh, by the way, I remember back in March when we were wondering whether we were going to get a baseball season in, and people correctly pointed out, are they really not going to be up and running by Jackie Robinson Day? Well, they did get it in, and they celebrated him today. How many players on an average Major League roster do you believe have no idea why they wore the number 42 today? Oh, zero. I'm curious how many people across the entire country don't know something about the story about Jackie Robinson, don't know that he was the first black ball player. I certainly think everybody who was in those clubhouses knows it. Uh, if there's any chance they didn't, they, you know, I think hear about it from teammates on days like this. They hear about it when it's played on the scoreboard. Uh, you know, it's, it's immeasurable. The impact he's had at the same time, I think there are, you know, signs that maybe we, we haven't made as much progress as possible. Uh, you know, the, Percentage of players in the major leagues that were African American when Jackie Robinson retired in 1956, 6.7, and the percentage of players that were African American across Major League Baseball last year was just a tick below 7%. And so, in some ways, we're we're kind of right where he left off. That number went up for a long time. 
Major League Baseball is doing a lot of work trying to get kids in inner cities to play more. I think we have a lot of big personalities in the game, guys like Tim Anderson, who are trying to make the game more fun and trying to, to uh, represent the game in a way that, that reflects those communities. Um, and so hopefully there's progress there. But, um, you know, do guys in these clubhouses know about Jackie Robinson? Absolutely. Since you quoted uh, percentages, I, uh, if you know it off the top of your head, I'd love if you could fill me in even more so uh, compared to when Jackie Robinson played when he broke in 75 years ago. The the only one that has drastically changed is the Hispanic players in Major League Baseball. The percentages major league up, which means everybody would come down. So if uh, African-American players are actually a tick up, that's an increase, whereas I'll guarantee you Caucasian players are actually down because the uh, amount of explosion of Hispanic players. Uh, is that an issue that Major League Baseball has to deal with? I don't know if it's an issue. I mean, I, I think you're right that that, you know, 7% number means something a little different. Uh, on opening day this year, 20% of major league players were born outside of the United States. Uh, a good sizable chunk of that were from Latin American countries. Um, I don't That seems to reflect a global growing of the game and interest in the game. I certainly don't see that as, as a negative for baseball, though. Okay, fair enough. Hopefully that's the case, and that's the way I'd, I'd love to see it, Judge. I just care about whether the player can play or not, not not where he came from, but that's just me. All right, the hot starts in Major League Baseball. Mets got another win again today, and uh, they're beat up on uh, the Diamondbacks at uh, City Field. I've seen a couple of Met games, and I've been impressed with their pitching, neither of which was named Scherzer or DeGrom. <laughs> the Tyler McGills of the world and the Chris Bassett's of the world have been dynamite for the Mets uh, so far this year. They went out and made uh, some pretty big moves during the offseason, but it's not even the new acquisition that's helping them. It's good starting pitching from their non-two aces. Yeah, I, look, if, it's, it's a bummer for that team if Jacob Grom's hurt and it does hurt their chances in the division. It really doesn't. If the rest of the rotation is going to pitch the way that those guys are, are pitching right now, McGill in particular, who is coming out and throwing 99 and, uh, you know, kind of doing the same thing we saw DeGrom did. And that's, um, I'm going a few steps ahead here, but we saw DeGrom get to the majors with a pretty deep arsenal and add that velocity as he went and become more and more dominant. And we're seeing McGill kind of take a similar step where he came to the majors with a pretty good uh, arsenal and now is adding velocity to that. Uh, you know, credit to, to Mets pitching coach Jeremy Hefner, who I think is, is doing a good job with that staff. And I think the Mets are doing some interesting things just with player development in the minor leagues to turn out maybe some more of these guys that, that they haven't in, in years past. Uh, yeah, I, you know, nothing but optimism for the Mets right now, which is an unusual feeling for uh, fans and teams I know. <laughs> As a guy who was a Mets fan for many, many, many years, getting off to a quick start, you, you buy it with a grain of salt that uh, we are just early in the season, but it's better than starting slow, and they have gotten off to a dynamite start. And they, and All they, right, they uh, did do this last year a little bit, so. Agreed. Uh, do want to ask you about that other New York team, that'd be the Yankees. A lot being made of Aaron Judge, contract negotiations, stalling, not getting done. They had put a timeline out of opening day, didn't get the extension done. Brian Cashman, their general manager, for whatever reason, chose to kind of air the numbers, which the Yankees don't do and most teams don't like to do. Maybe he thought that it was the judge he wanted to make sure he wasn't being chastised for not getting it done, that he thought the offer was more than fair. 
truth be told, when I saw the offer, I thought it was fair, too. Um, the fact that they didn't get it done and the Yankees did kind of air their dirty laundry, what does that tell you? What does it tell me? I, it tells me, I think, a little bit maybe that Brian Cashman was, was frustrated that they didn't get that deal done. I think there's a lot of frustration on both sides about that. Um, I think if you asked everybody involved months and months ago or, or years ago, they would have thought that that was unlikely. Um, you know, I, Cash's explanation, I believe, was just that he knew that he'd have reporters calling him and, and asking for that number, and the number was going to get out anyway, and he was getting ahead of that. And he's not entirely wrong about that. Not a lot of secrets kept with, with uh, New York media especially, but really around all of Major League Baseball and that kind of thing. Um, an unusual thing, I think Judge wasn't happy about it. You know, at that point, negotiations had already broken off, so I don't know what there really was to potentially lose. Uh, it seems like Judge is, is still locking in when he's on the field, so I don't think it's a, an issue for, for how he's performing necessarily, but uh, maybe maybe just a little bit of an extra of uh, well, not an encouraging sign for Yankee fans that you're hoping that there's going to be something that comes together even once they're past this deadline they set of, of opening day. We did see a couple of contract extensions get done over the last week to 10 days, but most of them were young guys who either hadn't hit arbitration eligibility yet or just gotten in and they avoided the arbitration and ended up doing a contract extension. Not guys who were well into it right before free agency. Uh, We've had other deals like this before where guys get uh, good money to just sign on for the team for the next four, five, six, seven, even eight-year contracts. Are those winners for the team or are those winners for the players, those type of deals? I know it, it, it's the individual uh, contract that gets judged after the fact, but generally speaking ahead of time, who usually wins when they do those kind of deals, the teams or the players? I, I think it would, depends on what you mean by, by winning. I think for a lot of players, and this is going to be a little bit player-dependent, uh, you know, some guys get you know four or five, six million dollar bonuses if they're when they when they enter professional baseball, whether through the draft or when they sign internationally. Um, and those guys sort of maybe that's not lifetime security, certainly on the level that we talk about with major league players, but that that they're able to live comfortably in their early twenties, mid twenties, and support themselves, and also do the things they need to do to you know to, to be able to put themselves on you know right kind of diet and go to the right kind of workout facilities in the off season, all that stuff. Um, you know, when you get the guys that get to the majors that didn't get the big signing bonuses and you dangle, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars guaranteed in front of them and they don't have to give up necessarily, uh, you know, their chance at free agency one day, I think that's almost always a win for the player, even if it might cost them, you know, some money if they hit their ceiling in those early years. At the same time for teams, I think it's, it's a great thing to be able to get that cost certainty to lock that in. Um, you know, everybody on both sides is making projections on where they think the sweet spot is on that safety versus, uh, you know, taking the risk that you're going to make the most money. And we see guys that have different palettes for that. I think usually teams do end up making out pretty well with those kind of things. But we certainly have seen players who sign, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of some examples off the top of my head. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on a, you know, Evan well, I, I'll give you one right now. The the Philly signed Scott Kingry to a yeah, six year contract extension, one. and he's buried in AAA right about now. So sometimes they work for the club, sometimes they work for the player. It, uh, it and and what you're hoping for in these situations are a win win. 
Like, do you think the Acuna deal will be a win-win for the Braves? He's already had an injury. He'll be back at some point this year. But um, when he signed that one, I said, wow, this kid might be selling himself short. Uh, is that one that either Acuna or the Braves will uh, be perturbed by by the time they get to the end? I, I think there were a lot of people around baseball, um, particularly on the, on the player side, on the agent side, with other agencies who looked at that deal and thought, that's that's the guy who's selling himself short. That's the guy whose agent is not working in his best interests or, or doing the math properly on how much it should have taken to, to buy him that security. But again, Acuna was not a guy who got a lot of money when he signed in the minor leagues. He hadn't, True. you know, despite being a a, a star right from the, the start when he got to the majors, he didn't have much to fall back on. And so the idea that he would want some kind of deal that gets him that security out the gate and, and you know, helps him capitalize on his, his fame right then and there. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, I think you know a, a lot of people around baseball would would agree that that was probably erring too much on the side of security and not enough on on letting him bet on himself. That number wasn't big enough for him to take away that possibility of getting free agency before he turns thirty. Since you broached, broached agents, and there are times when they're front and center, and we're talking about them a lot, and other times they just kind of fade into the background, specifically when seasons start. Um, but they were big-time players in this last collective bargaining agreement. If you want to blame the agents as to why it took so long, you can. But then you also have to give them credit because they did eventually get a deal done. Uh, you've c- covered a couple of CBAs. How did the agent factor, Boris, at all uh, play in this last collective bargaining agreement? Did they help actually get a deal done at the back end? Uh, did they help get a deal done? I don't, I don't know about that. I think they, they always have a role in communicating with the TA, uh, as far as what the priorities might be along with the players. Um, you know, it's hard to not notice that Boris, I think it was six of the seven players on the executive subcommittee were Boris clients. Um, (laughs) hard not to wonder if there was any put finger on the scale with certain issues that might've been important to him there. I, I don't know of any smoking gun about any of that. Um, you know, in the end, I, I think players got a deal that was what they had said they had wanted in a lot of ways from the start, and I think uh, you know did as much as they could as far as holding in solidarity. I think Rob Manfred actually deserves a lot of credit for the way that he handled sort of his rolling set of deadlines that I know people laughed at a little bit when he was taking a different deadline every three or four days in the last little bit there, but it, it did work to get the sides together in time to preserve 162 games. Um yeah, I, you know, I'm frankly just happy that we, we got that out of the way in time to, to play this full season. I know a lot of baseball fans are, too, and you look out in the, the stands. It's, a lot of these ballparks right now, it seems like fans have kind of already forgotten about that and showing up and filling up the, the seats. And, uh, you know, it seems like it's a forgotten topic in a lot of places right now, even though it's been, what, six weeks, seven weeks, the whole thing ended. Got it done, though, and we're back out on the field, and that's the most important thing. And, yes, Rob Manfred's still trying to make friends and influence people by putting out headsets to all his major league players. A little gift for all the players for getting the deal done. Did you get your set of headsets for that? I I know you worked pretty hard through the uh, entire negotiation. Did Rob get a set off to you there, Jake? No, Rob doesn't get any say over my salary or, or anything else, just over some of my hours sometimes. But he's, he's not looking to curry that kind of favor with me. Yeah, I didn't get my headsets either, so we can both get through it. All right, one more on-field question. Uh, it said before the year started 
that I thought the NL West might be the best division in all of baseball. It was for my money last year. AL East is pretty good, too, but uh, the NL West thought might be the best because I thought uh, the the D-backs and the Rockies could go both be better than they were last year in the top three teams. Yeah, the Padres underachieved because uh, guys like me thought they were going to win 90-95. Naturally, didn't happen. But so far, four out of the five teams above 500 at this stage. Is it going to be that competitive a division all year? Are you telling me you saw the Rockies sitting in first place coming ahead of time? Uh, no, you could, but you should have my job if you saw that one coming. I thought they'd be impro- that Bryant signing was a pretty damn good yeah. signing. Don't quite understand why you trade Arenado and pay half his salary just to get him off the books and then turn around and give it to Bryant. But they did a one eighty and said, "Yeah, we're going to try and compete," and they have so far this year. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I, I agree. The the Padres were frankly disappointing last year, and still were a pretty good team, but it came, became a, a two horse race with the Dodgers and Giants. I fully expect the Padres are going to kind of leap into that stratosphere this year. I don't see the Giants taking a step back, especially Joey Burke's been playing well behind the plate and hitting well behind the plate, replacing Buster Posey, which you look at that roster and that seems like the biggest loss because he's nobody's replacing Buster Posey, but if he's uh, you know a, a good player back there, as, as people have expected he might be, that keeps that team close. The Dodgers are still the favorites. Uh, <laughs> the Rockies, I think, have had the best bullpen in baseball so far this season, and I don't see that holding up, especially at Coors Field. Um, Diamondbacks have, have struggled. I don't have necessarily a whole lot of faith there. I think they're a few years away. They're doing some good stuff in the minor league system, but you know, bang for the buck. I yeah, that's that's as good a division I think as there is, except for maybe the at least, which uh, you know, take the Orioles out of consideration, and anybody there could be competing for a World Series, and I don't think it surprised anybody. Who wins less games, D-backs or Orioles? Probably the Orioles because of of the teams are getting beat up in the AL East. They're both very good divisions, are they? They're they're four deep, and those fifth teams are kind of swimming upstream. Good luck to both the Orioles and the D-backs this year. Jake, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. Thanks much. We'll get you back on in a bit. Uh, Thanks for hopping on with us tonight. Absolutely. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.